Good morning. My name is Emily. Um, congratulations to all of you that made it here this morning in the midst of this outdoor nonsense that we call winter. Um, for everyone who is joining us at home, uh, lucky you. I don't blame you. Uh, enjoy your pajamas in your warm, your warm living rooms. Um, thank you all, though, for being here, regardless of whether you're here in person or whether you're here online with us. Uh, we're glad to have you. Um, I am part of the charitable giving team here at Friends Church, which means that I get to stand up here and talk to you about money every time that I come. Um, we have a very generous community here at Friends that allows us to do a lot of um, particularly amazing things in our world, and we would just love for that to continue. So I just want to encourage you, just keep it short today, and just let you know that if you support the, what we do here, if you like who we are and you enjoy being part of this community, I would ask that you consider to financially support us. Um, you can do that if you're in person in that, by putting stuff in our little black box at the back of the um, auditorium here or whether you're in person or online at any time, you can give um, using our app or online uh, off our website. Either way, you have the opportunity to choose um, a pre-authorized giving or a one-time giving. So please pick whatever fits best for you. If it is possible for you to commit to something regularly, that helps us to plan um, and to be good stewards of the uh, funds that you trust us with. So I just wanted to also mention that today our service does have a different format to it. So do not worry, you are not only getting one song from our amazing band um, that is going to continue. So I just want you to sit back and enjoy the day, and I will turn it back over to Vince. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you're all scared you're going to hear me for 55 minutes, right? Uh, actually, this service order became a thing this week, so thanks to the band for being willing to switch it up. I woke up one morning singing one of their songs in my head, and then I realized that was the first part of my message. And then I realized if I go through their catalog, it's actually my whole message. So I'm going to talk a little bit and basically introduce each song, but before I do it, let's just take a minute and just look out the window if you're here, if you're, out, if you're at home. Look at the snow falling. Isn't there something incredible about that? At some point, water evaporated into the clouds. It transferred across half a country. And the temperature was just right, so it creates this beautiful snowfall. For me, especially if I'm up in the mountains, just watching the snow come down, there's something just... I don't know, it creates a sense of awe to me. Like, this world is so much bigger than just me and the thoughts in my head and the stuff that I do. Today I want you to try and connect with that sense of awe. Whatever it does, we're going to talk about a ton of different ways. And the word we use here, I use the word awe to start, but it's actually the word we use is transcendence. Bit jargony, someone said this week. Vince, does anyone actually know what that word means? So I thought before I would start, I want to give you an experience of what I mean by transcendence. Because what we're going to talk about today is a little bit of awe, a lot of transcendence, and how spirituality fits. Transcendence is this big category of experience and, and ideas and beliefs. And this is the kind of the part of our spiritual journey that we're mostly here as an end game. 
spirituality can happen in all through our lives, but this is kind of that stuff that's more, that's, that's transcendent, there's awe. And to explain transcendence, I want to read a poem from the Bible. It's from a book called Song of Songs. It's the one book in the Bible, actually there's two books, that doesn't mention God at all. There's no mention of it. It's about two lovers, they're not married. They seem to be straight, I'm not sure. But because I'm a straight man, I picked the description of the woman to read. So, Peter, can you throw it up for me? This is from the Bible, a man describing his partner, his girlfriend. You're so beautiful, my darling, so beautiful, and your dove eyes are veiled, but your hair as it flows and shimmers like the flock of goats in the distance streaming down a hillside in the sunshine. That's hot. (laughs) Your smile is generous and full, expressive and strong and clean. Your lips are jewel red, your mouth elegant and inviting, your veiled cheeks soft and radiant. The smooth, lithe lines of your neck command notice. All heads turn in awe and admiration. Your breasts, and yes, the Bible talks about this, your breasts are like fawns, twins of a gazelle, grazing amongst the first spring flowers. The sweet, fragrant curves of your body, the soft, spiced contours of your flesh. Invite me and I come. I stay until dawn breathes light and the night slips away. You're beautiful from head to toe, my darling, my dear love. Beautiful beyond compare, absolutely flawless. That's nice. Now let me describe her another way. She's 5'3". Her neck measures 10 inches. Her lips are Pantone color 542, which is like a medium red. Her hair is gloss unit 62, which means it has some shimmer, but it's not shiny like uh, something that shines. Which one feels more inviting? The physical description I gave you is accurate. I can say the mountains are this high. There's snow is coming down from the earth. That is sublimated water vapor. We know that. That's the physical part of it. Transcendence is when we find something deeper and wider and beyond. When the poet describes his partner, that's transcendent. It's not just the facts. It's they're trying to get at something beyond the facts, beyond just physical. And so all the way through this, I want to try and show you this idea of transcendence as beyond the physical, but in this whole spectrum of your life. What I find is people often have this idea of transcendence or spirituality or God, that term, and it's a very narrow thing. It's just this. We framed as transcendence to give you all of this. So as you're walking through your life, you can look at a moment and go, what's the line? In the sunrise, what were they just saying, right? You see a sunrise in the morning, you're off to work early, the sun comes up and you're just like, yeah, sure, it's light bent around the atmosphere. That's the physical part of it. The transcendent part of it is way beyond that. 
So I want you all the way through this talk to try and reach out to that thing which is beyond the physical. Open your heart up to it. I'm going to try and show you all these different ways. I have four different movements I'm going to do where I talk about transcendence in this area and then transcendence in this area. Some of them will probably work for you. Some of them maybe don't. I don't know. What I want, though, is you to be able to walk through life experiencing moments that are beyond the physical, to see it in the sunrise or in the snowfall. Okay, movement number one. Pretty much every Saturday I wake up, my alarm goes off really early. I roll over, I kiss my wife, she grunts at me, uh-huh, which is her way of saying, yeah, get lost, I'm gonna keep sleeping. I make myself a cup of tea, I carry a whole ton of gear, and I drive to the mountains. And it's been like this since I've moved to Calgary. And the sports changed, running, scrambling, mountaineering, ice climbing, snow biking, split boarding, it doesn't matter. It's being in the mountains. It's standing on the top of a ridge. There's one where we dirt bike right now. One of my buddies, the guy wants to talk all the time. I'm like, shut up. Look around. As far as the eye can see, there's peaks. There's snow on different ones. There's little flashes of light where there's ice. And I sit up there and I can always feel my heart just opening. First it's the beauty And then it's how small I feel. When I was going through my divorce, you know, I have all these thoughts in my head and just like messed up and I'd sit on top of a mountain and all of a sudden all that stuff just felt small. That cliff didn't care what I'm going through. It's been there for a bajillion years. It'll be there for another bajillion years. And there's something about nature and where we live, the mountains, the scale of being around something so massive. Seeing the things stretch out. I go downtown and I think, wow, that's a cool building. One of my buddies builds the building. He built the bow. That's cool. Compared to a mountain, that's the best we got. Compared to an entire mountain range that starts in Alaska and goes all the way down to southern states. That's the best we got? The mountains. Nature. My wife's a florist. Before I met her, flowers were like flowers. Isn't everything called a rose, right? What's that flower? That's a rose. It's a tulip? What? She comes home with these flowers, and she has these things called garden roses. You all get a florist education, by the way, right now. You look into the depths of the, fl- the rose and everyone is different, especially the orchids. You look, they have these kind of these crazy leaves that are all designed to draw you into the inside and the inside is this minuscule little thing that is perfect and beautiful and everyone is different. Every orchid you look at is slightly different. And it's not like it was trying hard. Like I tried to, you know, I'm going to talk to you about one thing and I'm going to make the next one a little bit different. It's not like that. It's like effortlessly, beautifully different. My brain just goes, whoa. 
And then there's, you know, this kind of orchid, and then there's this kind of orchid, which is a whole different set of insides, and then another one, and then there's a rose, and then there's a ranunculus, and you look inside these things, and she has these bouquets of flowers in her house, and you just look at them, and you go, this is so much bigger. Something beautiful. If you ever go to a cathedral, Architects learned this, I don't know, however many years ago. In fact, some of the earliest biblical stories. But you go into a cathedral, really, really high, right? Then there's colored light or windows at the top, and the light comes in this perfect way. You walk into these cathedrals, and the silence, and the weight, and the dimensions. I'm not Catholic, but I go to those places just because there's something beyond physical in there. Yeah, it's a building. Yeah, it's got windows. Yeah, my house has all the same stuff. But for some reason, that feels different than my bedroom. There's this idea of phenomenology, the experience of things. So as you go through your life, and again, spiritually, you might think, oh, that's bigger than this. No, no, no. Transcendence. What moments feel like more than physical? What physical moments? Are you like me, top of a mountain? (laughs) Walk through nature? Looking in the eyes of someone you love? The experience of a smell that brings back memories of another time, it's beyond the physical, right? This is transcendence. This is as we look at the model of spirituality and we talk about awareness and then I and them and then we figure out a we and then we find a way to transcend the physical through all that. This is what we're talking about. So the man's going to play another song which literally says this better than what I just said it. But I want you to do this while they're talking or while they're singing. Think of those moments that feel beyond physical. Nature, a moment in your life, a a smell, a taste, an experience, a trip. Bring that to your memory. Just tie into that in your body. What did it feel like? What did it look like? Let it open up your heart. Let it open up your soul. As they sing the lyrics of this song, literally talk about this. So as they sing, let that part push you someplace beyond physical. Breathe a little deeper, feel the sunshine on my face. (sighs) Okay, second movement. A friend of mine were talking recently and we were reflecting back in a moment. Actually, he brought it up. I didn't. He said, remember that time we went and helped a mutual friend? I don't want to share all the details of the story, but it was a friend of ours who was just in a bad way. Their mental health had gotten completely out of control, and they just couldn't. And so we went over there, a crew of us, and we did what they needed. And he was like, 
there's something special about that moment. It's like I've done a lot of things for myself in the years. I bought a lot of stuff. I you know, went a lot of places. I've seen incredible things. But there's something about helping someone who couldn't give anything in return. He's like, that stuck with me. Peter, when you have a second, can you throw up that, our spiritual journey model, the three circles? We have this idea in this model that says, in the physical part of our lives, we want to have I, we want to have the people in our lives in some balance of we. I like to call it symmetry. It doesn't need to be perfect. It's not like, you know, keeping a score. I did this for you, so you owe me that. No, no, no. It's this idea that says I give and I ask. And the people in my life give and they ask. And we find some level of balance so that it's a win-win. And sometimes it's time-based and sometimes it's specific to the things we do for each other. But relationships that are healthy long-term are based in that symmetry. But when you help someone in an asymmetrical relationship, meaning you help someone who can never help back, we gave, or we've sent probably 200,000 plus dollars to a village in Guatemala over the last 20 years to help them build water treatment facility, water piping to their, their homes, get the sewage out of their houses and out of their streets. They will never be able to send that money back to us. We gave it asymmetrically. We gave it because they need it, and we asked for nothing in return. Asymmetrical relationships, when they're done right, and when you have a healthy base of symmetry in your regular life, sometimes giving to another person who can give you nothing in return has that feeling of transcendence to it. There's a story in the Bible, Good Samaritan story. Essentially, the story is this. Two groups hate each other. <laughs> it's the I. Remember we talked about I against them? Yeah, it's that. Us against them. Hate each other. One person gets beat up, and another person walks up and says, you can give me nothing. You have no wealth because it's been taken from you. You're not part of my group, so there's not even social recognition I'm going to get. You are literally as asymmetrical as I can. There will be nothing coming in return. And the Good Samaritan says, and still I will take care of you. I'll pay for your treatment. And if you need to stay at the hospital longer, I'll pay for that too. We find this in causes. I've never had cancer. My mom died of cancer, but for years I raised money for cancer. I raised money in a way that I would never see people. I, you know, let's be honest. I'll probably get cancer at some point in my life. So maybe I'm pre-raising the money for my own treatment. I'll take that aside for a second. <laughs> when I give blood, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I give plasma. It goes out of me, right? It's in you to give. It goes out of me and magically goes away to somebody and helps them. It's asymmetrical. I'm not going to get anything in return. And there's something beautiful about that. When it's right, when I'm healthy, when me and Ellie are healthy, when we're doing well, when the relationships around me are healthy, work's healthy, then I can engage in this asymmetry. 
So what cause do you believe in? What thing do you send your money to? What stuff when you see on the news or read it on, online, you're going, oh, we gotta do something about that. These are relationships that won't give back in a way that says, you know, I'm gonna give to you and you're gonna give back to me later. No, it's asymmetrical. Now caution, if you're one of those people in the ditch that grew up just giving to other people and you have never learned to ask for what you need in a relationship, this is a cautionary tale. Do not use this one without thinking long and hard about this one. This is not an excuse to not do the we well. But in the right thing, there's causes, there's relationships, that when you engage in them, every moment feels like more. I can buy myself a coffee for five bucks, and when I give this money to the cause that I believe in, it feels like something bigger than just me. It's beyond the physical. It's transcendent. So the band's gonna play another song. Oh, this is the song that started it all. I woke up on Monday morning, really early, and the lyric was in my head, we. I don't actually think, I, don't, I think I tried to hum the song to you to try and explain which one it was, I had no clue. But it started off with we, it just kept going in my head, we, we, we. What does we look like physically? And where do I take on the problems of the world asymmetrically? Where I just give to help. So as the band plays the song, I think this is the one um, we were talking about. It was from a message and you said, if we could just listen to people's stories, which is now part of your career, right? So <laughs> for you, obviously, this is one of those ones where you're like, oh yeah, there's something transcendent here. I don't know if this is the same for you, but as they sing this song, I want you to just think through which causes mean something to you. Where can you give without getting anything in return? First movement for transcendence. Again, all awareness, I, them, we, all of that, we call the spiritual journey. But the stuff beyond physical is what we're playing with today can happen in nature, can happen in phenomenology, the things we experience. can happen in asymmetrical relationships where we give to people in need. This one's a bit more traditional. I'm going to start by telling a story from the Bible. It's actually the story where we see Judaism and Islam separate. separate. We all have similar histories. Christians and the Jews split a little later. This is an earlier split. It starts with a story of a mother desperate. She's in the desert, and there's sons with her, and he's quite young. And there's no food, and there's no water. And the sun is beating down on them. Hagar, the mother, was the concubine of the boy's father. So father, wife, concubine, the way they worked it in the old school days, if you didn't get pregnant with one way, you kind of brought in a substitute, whether they wanted to or not. She was the person who was brought in to be the mother of his children, whether she wanted to or not. 
And so she got pregnant. And her says her heart leaped in her chest. But then the wife got pregnant as well and she became jealous and so she talked the husband into kicking out Hagar. And so the husband, he's an ass. He's one of the, like, the core people in the Jewish tradition and the Christian tradition. Ass. He takes a mother and a young child, gives them a little bit of water and kicks them into the desert. And so we find Hagar at one point... They've been walking forever. Her son's crying. He wants some water, but she has nothing. And her mother heart just breaks. And it says she puts him, she puts him down, and then she walks a bow shot away. I'm not sure how far that is. Eyesight. Can you throw up the quote for me, Peter? Messenger of God. Remember we, how I talk about this? A messenger of a certain conception of God. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks. This is a very particular conception, and this is what I want to play in today. So if this isn't your conception, all good. If this conception has been used to hurt you, take a break. But for thousands of years, this conception has done something to create transcendence for people. So the messenger of God, this, trend, this conception of God, called to Hagar from heaven, said, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard your son crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. This is the nation of Islam. Then God opened Hagar's eyes. This is a euphemism. <laughs> when it says God opened Hagar's eyes, what it means is, the story says, the physical world changed. One minute, they were in a desert with no water, and then the physical world changed. She saw a well full of water, and she quickly filled her water container and gave her boy a drink. There's a conception of God, of a super being out there, that can change the physical world. When someone in your life is sick and you get down on your knees and pray, this is what you're connecting to. You're reaching out to this conception saying, please, I understand the cancer is growing and her bones are breaking, please. Change the physical world. Make her better. So I don't know where you are. But this conception of God through history has brought incredible comfort to people. It's helped people feel like someone cares about them when they're alone. Like there's hope in the world. Like maybe there's a plan that they don't know about, but somehow all this crap that's happening in their lives might be part of something bigger. And if this conception of God is part of who you are, There is beautiful transcendence in this. (laughs) By definition, we're transcending the physical. You can take a desert and suddenly snap a well into there. You can take my cancer and make it go away. You can heal my kid. You can do anything that I need to have happen because this world sometimes sucks. 
So if you're open to this conception of God, if you're open to this, there's something beautiful here. Honestly, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Someone gets sick in my life, yeah, I want to go there, but it's been used poorly in my life, and so I don't always... The way I think you guys wrote it was, there's this like, I get this glimpse. A glimpse of something more, of something beyond the physical. So as they play this song, as they talk about their way of interacting with this conception of God, I just want to invite you, if you're open to it, connect to this part of your life where you need something bigger, more powerful than you. Because there is something, if we can, if we can get to this, there's beautiful transcendence in this conception. If that doesn't get you into it, I'm not sure what's going to. Fourth movement, final movement. How to find transcendence, that which is beyond the physical. Sitting in a theater one time, a couple years ago, and I heard a voice that was not on the screen of the movie saying, you should help that girl sitting down the row from you. So I did what everyone would do. I jumped in my car and drove away. And I got like a block away and I was like, the voice is there again saying, Clausen, get your butt back there. And I'm hearing voices in my head, folks. I'm clearly crazy. I can go home and just ignore this, right? Turn my car around, drive back. And there she is. She's, She's kind of standing outside the door. She's got a backpack just standing there. It's been like 10 minutes after the movie and she's just standing there at night in Regina. Pull up my car and I'm kind of trying to think, how do I do this without being some creepy guy? So I kind of rolled out my window. I'm like, hey, you okay? She says, no. Her friends had dropped her off at the theater and left. Didn't leave her a phone number. She didn't live in town. Everything she had was in her little backpack she had with her. So I ended up taking her to (laughs) Robin's Donuts because that's all I could afford. We had a cheese biscuit together. We chatted for a couple hours until somehow she figured out where some people were and she would have a place to stay. What was that? I don't know. Now, I can explain it all the way to you and say, I used to sell backpacks for a living. I can tell a lot about people by the backpack that they have. And I could tell that she was, everything she owned was in that backpack, but she was not homeless. That's what her backpack told me. So maybe that's the voice in my head. Or maybe there's something else going on. You ever have a moment where you swerve to avoid something and it's just like everything just works out perfectly and you're like, whoa. I was talking to a friend recently. She's like, just recently I quit my job. The next day someone called and offered me a job. Then just when I had this bill done, I got a call from my, my company and they gave me a raise so I could pay for my bill. She's going, spooky. 
One of those moments. There's a great story in the Bible of Jesus' three core disciples. They're out hanging out on the top of a mountain because what happens on top of a mountain? Transcendent things. They wake up in the middle of the night, one, trans, or one version of the story wakes up, they wake up in the middle of the night and Jesus is glowing. His face has changed into something else and one person says, his robes are whiter than any bleacher could ever make them. He's glowing. And magically, two of the patriarchs of their tradition are suddenly standing next to him on the top of a mountain. This is their reaction. Can you throw it up for me when you have a second, Peter? (laughs) They did not know what to say, for they were exceedingly afraid. They were crapping their pants. Because something happened in their life that doesn't make any sense. Why is it that I'm driving away from a movie theater and I have a voice in my head? That makes no sense. Why is it that I'm sitting in St. Peter's Basilica in the little chapel and suddenly I'm having a real conversation with my mom who's been dead for years? We call this the supernatural. I don't know what the heck's going on. But if you've ever experienced this, you know there's something in your life. And sometimes it'll happen once, two decades later, and your entire journey will have that and like hold on to that and, and everything will be built on that. Or, or even if this changes, we're going, yeah, but there was this experience that was so profound, so beyond the physical, so transcendent. If this is part of your experience of life, I want to encourage you with this. Don't ever try to explain this to somebody. It does not matter if science says that did not happen. It does not matter. Explaining it wrecks it. Experience it. Feel the beyondness, the transcendence, and let it sink into your heart. The next song is um, they're going to do is here with me. There's a, I'm not sure if this is the bridge or where it is, but the line is, I'm feeling your breath in all that is unseen, and I'm captured by a joy in the moments between. And as she sings this line, I'm literally in that chapel in St. Peter's talking to my mom. It says, and although this memory will fade away, I believe you are here with me today. What is the moment? What is the coincidence? What is the experience? If you have a science brain like me, you've tried to explain it away, you've done a great job of it, what would happen if we just let that go and just enjoy the transcendent moment? What if we look through our lives and see them through that lens? What does that do to your experience of something more? If you've had one of these moments, these weird moments you can't explain, just try and bring it up. Remember it in all its detail. As they sing this song, just live it one more time. So 
today I wanted to explore this idea of our model. If you can throw it up when you have a second, Peter. It starts with awareness. Again, this isn't the model. This is our current model. I reserve the right to change it tomorrow. Someone's got a better one over there. He's already eyeballing me going, Clausen, I got a way better model than yours. What this allows me to do, though, and allows Jeff and I to do, is to talk about what we're trying to explore together. It starts with awareness. Why do I do the things that I do? We were driving to a wedding yesterday. I hate getting all dressed up. I can't move, suit, tie. I'm just a cranky bugger. I have to apologize, so I'm snapping at my wife. Sorry, babe. This freaking suit's killing me, though. Awareness. Why do I do what I do? I don't like going to those things. I get cranky every time. The drive up, we always have this little spat because I'm like, just, argh. Awareness. What's your awareness? What's your relationship patterns? Why do you do the things you do? Why do you pull back? Why do you get freaked out? Awareness helps us to figure out who am I? Then you realize there's other people in the world and they suck because they're not the same as us. They don't want the same thing as us and now we have to deal with their crap and our crap. And the first framing is I against them, right? Us against them, those people. But then we feel awareness to, to grow us and we start to figure out this we in the physical sense of symmetry relationships. Hey, babe, you know what? When we're going to weddings, maybe just give me a little bit of time at the beginning, like when we're driving there, because I am going to be cranky. Okay, babe, well, just give me a heads up when we're able to do that. Oh, yeah, that, that works perfect. We. I didn't do that, by the way, but that would have been a good thing to do, wouldn't it have? But today we wanted to frame all of this. Last week, remember, we talked about the supernatural or the transcendence in service of I. I want to get out of hell, this whole framing of heaven and hell. And, you know, spirituality is all about making sure I get out of hell and, and I can do whatever I need to do to make sure I get out of hell, make sure that don't piss off that, the old man in the sky. Today, I want to let that go and start that framing of we have these beautiful relationships and then we transcend the physical through those relationships in that framing. That's the we. When I talked about the we, just go back one slide if you don't mind, Peter. Transcendent we, so spiritual realm. I, I don't even know what words to call it, but it's this side of us that we feel the connection in the world. It's beyond the physical. But it's based on having good physical relationship skills. If you don't have that, don't try and go to the next level. It's like you have a loaded gun and you don't know how to use it. Just figure out how to keep yourself safe first. Today we talked about that spiritual realm, the transcendent realm, the thing beyond the physical, the thing that often people think is, the, the whole thing is spiritual, right? That's spiritual, everything else is not. We say it's all spiritual. But there's these transcendent moments when she sings and she has that lilt. You can just feel your heart opening up. It's like, oh. I talked about four ways you can transcend the physical. There's a million ways. I just picked four. First one was nature, phenomenology, the sky, the eyes of a loved one, beauty. I love that there's a whole poem about beauty in the Bible. That's all it's about. Well, and sex, but beauty. Second movement. I talked about this idea of giving to people who can't give anything in return. 
And when we do it from a healthy place of we, physical we, where we got good relationships and we do this well and we know how to do it, and then we choose to step outside of ourselves and give to somebody who can never give in return, there's something beautiful in that that can transcend the physical. A dollar for a coffee feels different than a dollar to cancer research for me. Then we talked about this conception of God, traditional conception of God, where God is a super being that will change the physical world to make your life better. Kind of the definition of beyond physical, right? Physical world can get changed, it's beautiful. And the last one is what I would call the supernatural. It's anything. So as, as he puts it up, throw up the next slide for me. I just looked at kind of like, I looked at the top part of the we and I just thought, oh, all these and a million more. But we don't do it just for me. The asymmetrical one's easy because I'm giving to somebody else. There's a we there, it's natural. But the rest of it is nourishment. I say to people, when you go to the top of a mountain and you feel that like awe moment and you just want to sing, pick up the phone, call someone you love and tell them you love them from that place, I'm telling you, it will rock their world. Because something in that experience comes through your voice and touches their heart. The transcendent nourishes us. It gives us something bigger to look at our lives for. It, you know, the whole Netflix and chill life where all I do is I just try and make myself feel better, that starts to go away and we look at the world as, who can I touch? Because I am recharged. I'm full. So today as you leave, Friend Church, we talk about your unique spiritual journey. I gave you kind of a bunch of things that you can do. I'm kind of like the trainer who says, hey, try this, try this. Meanwhile, you're like, yeah, that one didn't work. That one didn't work. But that one, oh, yeah, that's money. As you write your own spiritual journey playbook, write the one that worked in. Write the ones that worked in. Explore them. Make time for them. Open yourself up to them. When you have a moment and you can feel it pulling in there, <laughs> you, you hear a song that moves you, play it on repeat. Find the whole album, keep playing it, whatever you need to do. Transcendence is often the, the fuel that drives our lives. It's the thing that allows us to be the people we are in the relationship of we. When I came to this series, I asked, Alessandra and Adam to, to write a song about this. And so they wrote this song, We, that's been the theme song. Just give me a second, I gotta get my notes so I can read you the quote. I love this line. But if I'm being honest, I'm out of touch with this real closeness when I lose sight of you and only think of me. The world is more than just I. There's people around us that we can touch and bless and change. Friend Church exists to try and inspire you to live that life, inspire me to live that life. And as they sing this last song today, the theme song of this whole series, I want you to just spend some time thinking, which part of this works for me? How do I find transcendence?
And how do I add more of that to my life? We'll see you next week. We'll talk a bit more of how we works. But as we end, sit in this moment. Find what works. And enjoy. Enjoy.